Hallelujah. Okay, Daddy, you are welcome. We're very excited to have you today. And today being Vision Sunday, um, I know that you have a number of things to share with your sons and daughters. Amen. And Daddy, please, before we begin the interview, I just want to read a scripture and then we'll take it from there. Hallelujah. Um, so Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. If we could have that projected for us. I can quote it too, if you want. Okay, please. Pastor, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Amen. Okay, so Habakkuk chapter 2. Please, chapter 2, not chapter 3. All right, the prophet said, I'll stand upon my watch and set myself upon my tower. I will watch and see what he will say unto me, and what I will answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered me, said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is for an appointed time. <laughs> All right, Eddie, you can go ahead. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate our daddy. Amen. <laughs> I received this grace. Amen. Okay, so please, please, please project it for me, please. <laughs> I'm getting there in Jesus' name. So, for the vision is yes for an appointed time, but at the end it, will, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. No, sorry. Is that verse, is that verse 1? So, okay, verse 1, sorry. I'll stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower, and I'll watch to see what he shall say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Um, verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. And make it plain upon tables, that he may run that breathed it. Amen. So, that is a very interesting um, scripture. What was the particular significance for us as we are celebrating Vision Sunday as a church? Amen. Thank you very much, Eddie. And uh, I want to thank God very much for Reverend Foucault. Let's give a round of applause to Reverend Foucault. Amen. And uh, he's all dressed in white. uh, Reverend Mallet is also in the house. Daddy, God bless you so much. You know, today is Vision Sunday, and um, when I heard that my fathers were coming, I was a bit shaking. I was wondering, hey, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> Hallelujah. But I believe that God would help us. Amen. All right, so like you said, the prophet, the prophet said, I'll stand upon my watch and set myself upon my, the tower and will watch and see what the Lord would say to me. And the Bible said that, verse 2, the Lord answered the prophet and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it, for the vision is for an appointed time. I believe that. You know, the, like the Bible also tells us, where there's no vision, the people perish. So it's important that we have a vision. It's important that we run with a vision. And for us as a church, you know, like what the prophet did, it's, it was my responsibility to set myself apart through prayers and fastings and meditation to get a vision for the church for the year 2022. And by God's grace, God spoke to me. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, God has given me a vision for us for the year 2022. And there's an opportunity for us to talk about the vision and for us to make the vision plain. Because it's when the vision is plain that people can run with the vision. The vision is for all of us. It's not just for me. It's not just for you. It's not just for the pastors, the elders, the deacons. But it's for the entire church, the entire membership. So what we are doing right now is to let people know the vision that God has given us for the year 2022. And then for us to run with the vision. And when we, I believe strongly that when we run with the vision, come 31st December 2022, once again come and testify that indeed all that God asks us to do in the year 2022, we have accomplished it to the glory of God. So that's why we're having this session. 
so that we can talk about the vision, make it plain, and then everyone can run with the vision. Hallelujah. I think it's, and for me personally, thank you, Pastor. I think for me personally, it's very good, and it's a very good opportunity for us to be able to have a man of God that God speaks to. Because when you read the scripture, there was a time in Israel where the voice of God was not heard on, yes, until some, someone was born. So I know that it takes a lot for you to tarry in God's presence and wait for the specific word that he has for the season. And just as um, our daddy has shared, once we're able to follow through with it, and um, I can see all, all of us, a lot of us wearing the rise, shine and build shirts. Wow. I believe that we'll get to the destination that the Lord has for us. Amen. Amen. So daddy, this particular... Um, season is a very interesting season. A season where we've had a name change. I was even struggling with uh, <laughs> following through with, but I've received <laughs> grace to remember. Amen. So the Livingstones Family Church, that, that, is, that is the name of the church. And I, I don't know, what, what does that communicate to us um, in this particular season? What's the significance of having a new name? Thank you very much. Initially, our name was Livingstones of Zion Ministries International. And now God has changed our name. Now the name is Livingstone's Family Church. And uh, in the year, amen. You can celebrate the Lord, amen. In, in the year 2020, as, as we're preparing to enter into the year 2021, I was spending time with prayer in prayer before the Lord. And, and God, God ministered to me that we have to change our name. Wow. And when you read the Bible, the Bible tells us about Abraham. When, God, when Abraham was 75, God made a promise to him that he's going to have a child. And uh, the at age 99, God appeared again to Abraham and told Abraham to change his name. So Abraham's name was changed from Abraham to Abraham. And then Sarah, her name initially was Sarai. It was changed from Sarai to Sarah. And right after the name change, both Abraham and, and Sarah, they entered into the fulfillment of the promise that God had for them. So what the Lord made me understand is that all the time that were called Living Stones of Zion Ministries International, it was we're like a David in the backside of the desert. We're killing the lion, we're killing the bear. Although we're still anointed, we're killing the lion, killing the bear. It's now time for us to enter into the fulfillment of what God has in store for us. And the name change is bringing about the release of all the prophetic word, all the promises. For us as a church, there have been a lot of prophetic words. There have been a lot of promises that have gone ahead of us. The name change, just like Abraham's name was changed to Abraham. And right after his name was changed to Abraham, he received his promised child. In the same way for us, now that we've experienced a name change, we are now receiving all that God has in store for us. So I want us to understand that all that we're doing uh, the past five years or six years as Living Stones of Zion Ministries International, we're like in kindergarten. We're, we're, we're being prepared. We, we are now starting church. Wow. You know, it's, it's now that we have started church. So um, I believe strongly that God has great things in store for us. And if I look at what God has used us to do in the past and we are now starting, then I know and I'm really confident that we are going to explode. Amen. So I believe that it's, it's exciting times for us. It's, um, it's a great time for us, and it's a great time for all of us to be involved in the work of the ministry at this time. Amen. Thank you, Daddy. I like Daddy's closing remarks. That it's a great time. I think it's a, it's a great opportunity you know, for us to be part of um, the founding members of this great commission that the Lord is to bear. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, Daddy, please, before we move to the other questions, I, I wanted us to dwell a bit on the name, the, the Twin Livingstones Family Church. Uh, I'm sure God gave a reason for Livingstones. Maybe some of us who have been around for some time have a general understanding of where it comes from, from yes. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, um, where the, the name Livingstones comes from. But why Family Church? 
and also even why Livingstone, since it's a new thing altogether. Yes, I, yes. thank you very much. You know, sometimes when people hear the name Livingstone, then I remember someone said, um, Obuo, was it, it in Chi? Tiasebo. So, for First Peter, uh, so the scripture which forms the basis of the name is First Peter 2, verse 4, verse 4 and 5. It says that, to whom coming as unto a living stone, that is Jesus Christ, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and approved. And then it says that we also as living stones are being built up onto a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God in Christ Jesus. So this scripture makes us understand that number one, Jesus Christ is a living stone. And number two also, all of us, each and every one of us, we are also living stones and we are building the house of God. So every block is important. Every block, we constitute blocks, we constitute living stones and when we come together, we build a house of God, and we are able to offer the kind of sacrifices that God desires. And like you said, Livingstone's family church, it's for us to appreciate that the church is a family. There are people that see the church as an institution. There are people that see the church as an, an organization. But we have to have an understanding that the church is a family. The Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, the church is a family of God. The church is also the household of God. So one who kind of emphasize to people that the church is a family, when they join us, when they become members of this church, they are actually joining a family. They are joining a place where there's togetherness, there's love, there's brotherliness, there's unity amongst us. So that is a, that's the reason that God gave us the name, Living Stones Family Church. Wow. Are you as excited as me? Please celebrate the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, you see, we've moved from just being a ministry to becoming a family. Hallelujah. So, anybody, welcome to this family. Yes, very exciting. Hallelujah. And Daddy... Um, moving on, you know, for us as an organization, you know, when you look at um, the great companies of the world, like where you, you personally used to work, uh, yes. General Electric, and Coca the Coca-Colas of the world and the Pepsis, they typically have a vision. And for us as Livingstone's Family Church, what is the vision that God has laid on your heart for the ministry? Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. So I remember when you were having your discussions, you spoke about um, the vision what I'll say is that the vision of Livingstone's Family Church is to see spirit-filled believers possessing the seven gates of society. Wow. So we believe that uh, the various spheres of society, whether it comes to politics, it comes to business, it comes to government, it comes to media, it comes to entertainment, it comes to academia, it comes to religion, it comes to finance, it comes to government. We believe strongly that Christians are supposed to enter in those places. The Bible tells us that we are the salt of the earth and we are the light of the world. And salt and light, what they do is that they influence their environment. So God is calling us, we are, not, we, we are not a church that we just want people to come to church and then they go back and they are the same. But we expect that when people come to church on Sundays, they are equipped to go into the marketplace, whether it's business, it's academics, it's finance, wherever they are working, wherever they find themselves, they are supposed to go back there and send the, the savor of Christ in that place and bring about impact, bring about influence, bring about change and transformation wherever they find themselves. So that's a vision that God has given us. And we want to see, uh, so when people can want to make sure that they are being built up in the word, they are being built up in prayer, they are being built up in understanding of spiritual things, they are being built up in their relationship with God, and it shouldn't just end there. I know my mom used to always say, in spirit on the earth. In other words, it's not enough to be in spirit, but as you are in spirit, you should be practical. So we want Christians to be in spirit, to be spirit-filled, and yet to still be practical and relevant wow. in the places that they work and wherever they find themselves. Wow. Hallelujah. This, this is very intriguing. Hallelujah. 
I'm very intrigued. Thank you, Pastor, for Hallelujah. sharing this wonderful vision and about the seven gates of society. And so for me, what I also understand from that is that it means that it doesn't matter what walk of life you, you find yourself in, whether you are an engineer or you were a mason or a carpenter, a seamstress, yeah. you're a petty trader, whatever, wherever you find yourself, um, there's that message that you typically share with us to work for God. There's that opportunity and that chance for all of us to come together to worship the Lord. Amen. Amen. And um, Daddy, moving on. So from the vision, you see a lot of companies who have like vision statements and then the mission. What is the mission of Livingstones? The mission is, is what we do, you know, in order to accomplish the vision. And I like to put it in four categories. There's the upward focus, where the upward focus is. Number one, I want to make sure that people grow in their relationship with God. And there's the in focus. And that is we, we are striving to create, like I said, our name is Livingstones Family Church. So I want to create a sense of sense of love sense of belonging, sense of oneness amongst us, amongst everyone that comes to be a member of Stones Family Church. And then there's an outward focus. We're looking at reaching out to other people. Jesus Christ said something that, you know, he has, there are many other sheep that are not yet in the sheepfold. So we have a responsibility of going out to, and reaching out to them and bringing them into the sheepfold. And I like what you said that, before I became pastor Philip, I was evangelist Philip. That's, that's something that many people do not know. But when the university, you know, that was mainly what I, I was involved in evangelism, states, in schools, in the communities and all that. So we need to, it's the outward focus is for us to reach out to people, for them to come into Christ. And then the forward focus is that one, we don't just want people to, to be saved, but we want to raise up leaders, we want to raise up, you know, world changers, we want to raise up people that will make an impact and make a difference in that society. So the forward focus is we raising up leaders. So this is our mission, the upward, the inward, the outward, and the forward. The upward to help people in their relationship with God, the inward to create that sense of unity, love, oneness amongst us, the outward to reach out to other people, and then the forward focus is to raise up leaders. Wow, thank you very much, Pastor. So the upward, inward, outward, and forward. So for those of us um, that during the panel discussion, we were struggling a bit to understand what Dickness Kwabi and I were talking about. That's what Pastor has um, explained in the best words that you can find. I don't think we can explain it better than that. Thank you very much for putting it in such simple terms for us. So, um, Daddy, in terms of this particular year, 2022, you know, a lot of people have lots of ideas. And um, during the time of prayer and fasting, I'm sure a lot of people have received and heard from God. What does God want to do with this ministry in 2022? What's the vision for 2022? Yeah, thank you very much. So for 2022, I'll say in terms of the upward, inward, and outward, and forward focus also, I'd say that, number one, we, we still want to make sure that people grow in their relationship with God. And I'm expecting that every member should be able to spend at least 30 minutes of quiet time every day. That, that's one thing that I believe that God would help every member. And every church worker should spend 60 minutes. You know, it's, it's supposed to be a standard. And uh, I'm looking forward to everyone attaining that level that, you know, consistently, if you are a member, you are able to spend 30 minutes a day before you step out of your house with God. And then if you are a church worker, 60 minutes a day. So I want to see people growing in terms of their prayer life, their word life, their fasting life, their giving life, all the things that we do to worship God, to develop our relationship with God, our love relationship with God. And then the, the inward, want to want to increase in terms of our love and our bonding and our togetherness. And for the outward focus, this year we want every member to get two souls established in church. 
we are looking at we are looking at every branch. By God's grace, we have five branches: the Achimota branch, the East Legon branch, the Sotom branch, the Aloga Junction branch, and the Bantama branch. One for the outward focus, we want every branch to attain a membership of 120 for this year. Every branch attaining a membership of 120. Where when we say membership, there are people that have gone to found they have gone through foundation school and then they, they are consistent in terms of their church attendance. So that's a that's a focus, 120. And they want every member to get two people established in church and every church worker to get five people to be established in church. And I believe that when we do this, we are fulfilling the great commission because Jesus sent us to sent us out to go and make disciples of the nation. So uh, I, I want to emphasize it again that every member is establishing two people in church this year and every church worker is establishing five people in church this year. And then the, for the forward focus, we are looking at raising, I'm looking at by the end year, we should be starting five more branches. Wow. Hallelujah. So we are looking at raising five teams. We are looking at, we are looking at doubling our leadership. We are looking at doubling our leadership and we are looking at raising five teams that are going to be sent out to start five branches. So that's that thing that God has given us for the year 2022 in terms of the outward. And of course, we'll continue with our crusades. Uh, every branch is going to have a, a Holy Ghost miracle campaign where they are located. And then we have the teens ministry. The teens ministry also, they have a target of 120. And then we have the olive shoots also. They also have a target of 120. So there's going to be a lot of focus on the outward you know we reaching out to other people and we raising up leaders in order for in order for us to attain the vision that god has given us for the year 2020 amen please let's celebrate the lord and let's celebrate our pastor too amen you know as i'm sitting here i have the privilege of sitting i'm just listening to it's like listening to coca-cola or pepsi launch a new product you know and taking you through like how the ceos um talk let's celebrate our pastor again amen, amen. Okay, I'm very excited about the things that Pastor is sharing with us. And I want us to um, take them very seriously um, because we all have a role in achieving this. Amen. So um, as, I'm, as, as Pastor is talking by now, we should be thinking about what are the things that we need to do to get um, two people to be established in church. We are not saying invite two people to church. Amen. We are saying establish them. That means there must be some form of shepherding, I believe. Yes. And then for the leaders or the church workers as well, we are looking at establishing five people. That means basically almost every quarter, every quarter you must establish at least one person. Yes. Yes. So um, I, I believe that these are things that we should be writing down. And um, after this service too, we should spend some time looking at um, the video again to gain more insights. Amen. Amen. So um, Pastor, thank you very much for sharing our vision for this year as a church. Uh, for us as church members, what kind of commitments should we have towards the church in this new phase and in this new season? Thank you very much, Eddie. You know, so sometimes people think that members don't have a commitment to the church. There are people that have expectations from the church, but they also don't realize that, you know, as members, it's a relationship. Just like in a company, there's a com company or boss, employer, employer-employee relationship, and the employer has certain obligations to the employee. In the same way, the employee also has certain obligations to the employer. I remember I went to a hospital and I saw there was a, a notice on, the, on the hosp one of the walls of the hospital and they had written the, the responsibilities of the patients. Wow. <laughs> and, I, and I realized that it's, it's true. Re patients have a responsibility. The doctors also have a responsibility to the patients. So in the same way, the church has a responsibility to the members and the members also have a responsibility to the church. And I would say that 
for the members, their, their response, our responsibility to the church is number one, to grow spiritually. Just like when you go to a school, the, the, the school authorities expect that the students will pass their exams. So for us as a church, we exist primarily to help people in their spiritual growth. So we want people to grow spiritually. That is their responsibility to us. We want people to grow in their work with the Lord. We want people to operate in spiritual giftings to be able to be true and effective witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we want members to, uh, to maintain and the unity amongst us. There are people that like to murmur. There are people that like to complain. There are people that like to slander. There are people that, even when there's a negative thing in the church, we're not supposed to take it out and make noise. You know, most, almost every family, something can happen in their family that is not, it may not be so pleasant, but you don't go out and talk about it. You try and cover it. So in the same way, we expect members that even if there's something wrong with a pastor or the elder or a deacon or something, they cover it up, they pray about it, and they see how best the thing can be rectified. But it's wrong for members to go out and to criticize the chair, to criticize the pastor, to criticize the leaders, to criticize the members, to say things that are not pleasant outside. So that's the expectation we have of church members, you know, not to be slandering, not to be gossiping, not to be talking out negatively about other members. And then we expect members to also reach out. Like I said, we expect that members would get two people established in church, and then members would also get... So church workers would also get five people to be established in church this year. And then we, we want members to progress in terms of their commitment to the church. You know, there, there are different levels of commitment. There's when someone is a member and then the person is now a church worker and then the person now becomes a leader. That shows growth in maturity and growth in responsibility. So we want members to grow in terms of their maturity and in terms of the responsibility that they are able to handle. So we don't want members to just remain at the membership level. We want them to now become church workers. Like you were saying, they should join a department. I mean, you and Kwabia took us through the various departments that or ministries that are in the church. We expect that every member would belong to a particular ministry. We don't expect that members would come to church and then they go back without doing anything, but they should get involved, they should get active, and then they should develop to the place where they now also become leaders and they are now also shepherds and are able to train other people. They are able to raise other people. Paul told Timothy that the things that I've committed unto you, the same commit to other people who shall also be able to teach others. So what, what I teach my leaders or my church workers, I expect that my church workers would also teach other people and those people would also teach other people. So it's, all of us are supposed to grow up to that place of maturity where we now assume leadership responsibility. So that's our expectations of church members. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Pastor. Even in the house, you know, um, everybody has a duty in our normal home. Somebody has to sweep, somebody has to cook. So what Pastor is saying is very true. Amen. So le let's say this together. Say, I'm taking up responsibility. I'm taking up responsibility. Say, I'm getting more committed. I want you to hit your chest and say, I'm getting more committed. I'm getting more committed. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so Pastor, thank you very much. You've told us what we as members, um, in terms of our commitment, most expected of us. And you made some allusions to the church. But more specifically, what responsibilities does the church have towards church members? Yes. Amen. So our responsibility towards church members is to pray for them. To pray for them and then to teach them the word of God. You know, Jesus, uh, the Lord said that I'll give you shepherds after my own heart who feed you with knowledge and understanding. So that's our primary responsibility or the primary responsibility of the church to pray for 
the members and to teach the members the word of God so that the members can grow in their relationship with God. We also have a responsibility of creating a family environment, you know, where you appreciate it. You know, when you come to church after the service, I celebrate you. We like to greet each other. I celebrate you. And it's genuine that we like to celebrate people because people celebrated, not where they are tolerated. We want to create that atmosphere where people are celebrated, people feel appreciated, people have a sense of belonging. And then we also want to create that environment where people are empowered and people are equipped to be effective witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is why we have our midweek service. We call it equipping for building service because we equip people, you know, for the building of the house of God. We equip people in terms of operating in spiritual giftings. We equip people in terms of evangelizing. We equip people in God. We equip in terms of being the salt of and then being the light of the world. And then also we create an environment where people are raised up and trained into leadership. And they become when they are trained into leadership, leadership could be in church, it could be in the family, it could be at the workplace, it could be in the business environment, but wherever, when people are raised up in the area of leadership, they become the salt of the earth, they become the light, and they are able to make impact and influence in their sphere of society. So that's the responsibility of the church to the members, to help members grow in their relationship with God by praying for them, by feeding them the word of God, by creating an environment of life and belonging, and then to empower Christians to reach out to the gospel, to equip them to reach out with the gospel, and then to also raise up believers to become leaders. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor. So it's like, uh, there, there, there must be some synergy. So the church must do its part. Yes. And then the members must do its part for the cycle to be complete. Amen. Amen. So, um, and, and I really understand that when Pastor used the school analogy, you know, when people go to school, even though you yourself have paid your own school fees, the school demands that you must, you know, be able to take the lessons and, in the, and be able, you'll be tested in an examination and then you have to perform. Yes. Yes. So I, I think um, using that analogy, we also, as we come to church, we shouldn't just see it as appearing in church, but come and, and then also become a custodian of the word for other people. Amen. So that is what your um, closing remarks. You've taught us a lot of things, right, from, you know, um, the name of the church to the vision of the church, the mission of the church, um, even to talk about specifics, what the various components of the vision for the church is and what um, the vision for this church is for members and for church workers. Um, want to know what, what, what are your final remarks um, in terms of this discussion? Thank you very much, Eddie. So I'll emphasize again from Habakkuk 2, verse 1 to 3, where God gave a vision to Habakkuk, and God told Habakkuk that he should make the vision plain so that everyone that runs, everyone that reads the vision will be able to run with it. So that is what we've done, and it's something that we'll be continuously doing to be making the vision plain. And every member is expected to run with a vision. And like I said,